what is up my dudes welcome back to olympia oddities it's october 1st which you know what that means it's halloween first in my mind at least and i thought what better way to celebrate than to do another little personal stories episode so i've got three stories of some creepy things that have happened to me and then i did just kind of poor planning last minute stuff because i have a cold right now and I wasn't sure. I didn't want to record my, like, big official episode because I didn't know if I was going to be coughing all the time. Because, I, wa- you know, you guys deserve better than listening to me cough all the time. But I figured mini episode, it's a little bit chiller. I feel like I can get away with it. So I did a little casting call on my personal Instagram page. I don't know why I said casting call. Um, I just put on my stories if anyone had any questions that they wanted me to answer this time around. And I got a couple of them. So I figured I would wrap it up with that, and I'll tell you some of my stories first. So, light a pumpkin-scented candle, grab a pumpkin spice latte, or some apple cider, throw on a sweater, and put Hocus Pocus on in the background, and get ready for some creepy stories. Alright, let's get into my first little personal story for you guys. So. The Bordeaux ghost town is pretty close to my house, and it has personal beef with me. I don't know if I'm cursed or something, but I won't take my phone out of, like, my car when I'm around there anymore because I ruined three or four phones, like, each time immediately after I went there and came back home, my phone got ruined. So first, let's get into a little bit of history about Bordeaux. I just took uh, some quick notes from a Thurston Talk article about it. It was founded by the Bordeaux families, um, Mumby Lumber and Shingle Company. Mumby Lumber. And the Mason County Logging Company. The Bordeaux brothers, Thomas and Joseph, moved from French Can- I almost said Can- Canada. Why can't I say Canada when I read it? Let me try that again. Thomas and Joseph Bordeaux moved from French Canada to Washington as early as the 1870s. They began working in the Black Hills area in the 1880s, and then 10 years later, they would begin working in Bordeaux. By 1903, they had a post office and a population in the hundreds. The mill finally closed for good in 1941 because they had literally run out of trees in the nearby forest. Which, to me now, is crazy to think about because it's just such a heavily wooded area. It's crazy to think that they just, in such a short span of time, completely ruined that area. I guess it's a good thing that they replant trees that they log down now. And the old supervisor's property was actually purchased by Courtney Love, who, if you don't know, is Kurt Cobain's widow and a fantastic musician in her own right. I won't get into more of my personal feelings about Courtney Love. But anyways, after Kurt's death, his mom, Wendy, and his sister lived there for a bit. Love fell behind on the payments, and the house was auctioned off in 2006. So, I just remember, like, here's the story of my phones getting ruined. The first time I went there and something weird happened, I went, it was really cool. There's, like, three standing ruins. You have to cross this creepy bridge over a little creek that's really sketchy, especially when it gets wet. And then the first ruin is kind of, like, trapezoidy. It almost looks like a like old temple or something like that. It looks like something out of Indiana Jones. And then you keep walking down this muddy trail and there's like a big uh concrete si- a silo looking thing and it has like a little 
thing at the top, so it almost looks like a stereotypical, like, tower that a princess would be locked away in in a fairy tale. It's very creepy. And then you get to the foundation of, I think it was a house, and it's sketchy because there's the basement and it's all open and it's flooded, so you have to be really careful there when you're walking so you don't accidentally fall into, like, years of gross water and god knows who, who, you know, what people have been throwing down there. But, uh, and then there's, like, a little tunnel you go through and you get to the other side of it and there's steps that go down to the basement and it's, like, the worst Blair Witch vibes you'll ever get in your life is being there. It's, like, it's super creepy. Uh, I kind of looked at two more recent articles and they said something about it's now private land and you shouldn't go there. So definitely, um, I don't know. Look look into that if you're deciding to take a trip out there, but definitely be respectful. People have kind of trashed it and like graffitied it all up and it sucks cuz it's a part of history and it's really cool and you know, people should respect things. But okay, the first time I got there, I you know, was checking it out, kind of creeped out. Got back home. I had my phone sitting on the couch and I went into the kitchen to get, I don't know, like a drink or something. And I came back and my phone was on the ground and I was like, "Oh, that's weird, but it was only like a foot you know, drop, and I had a case on, and I'd drop my phone, like, off of horses, you know, like, all the time, honestly, I'm a huge klutz, and I pick it up, and flip it over, and the entire screen is cracked, like, unusable cracked, like, just glass everywhere, and I'm like, what the hell, and so then I was just kind of like, okay, whatever, went through the process of getting a new phone, didn't think too much about it, planned another trip out there in the future, and I went out there, everything was normal, took some pictures, came home that time I put my phone through the washing machine how did I do that I don't know I always check my pockets and then I took one more trip out there where I took my phone out and that phone just like mysteriously like stopped working that day and like it was an iPhone so it would just like only like go to like the Apple thing and like we took it like into the Apple store to have them fix it and they were like oh like nothing's like working and it was just like it like the phone just like decided to completely stop working so, if I ever visit there in the future, my phone's staying in the car. Um, no one else I know that's gone out there has had this problem. I don't know if it's just a weird coincidence, but it happened enough times for me to be like, alright, I'm taking some preventative me- measures against this. <laughs> alright, my second story is one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me in my entire life, and I can't believe that I forgot about this story until the other day. Something reminded me of it, and I was like, oh my god, I need to tell that on the podcast. So, I used to play a, pl- a place in Tumwater. I think it was called Catton's. And it wasn't good. They didn't have good food. So my family was there eating one time. This was when I was a kid. No, I was probably like 14, because I was like old enough to ironically want an action figure of Gene Simmons. I'll explain later. But my family's eating, and I'm like, okay, I'm not hungry, I'm just gonna eat at home, I'm gonna go mess with a claw machine. So I go out to the claw machine, and I don't even like Kiss. I've never liked Kiss, I've always hated them, I've always thought Gene Simmons is very stupid. Um, But for some reason, I locked eyes with this Gene Simmons action figure inside this claw machine, And I was like, I have to have it. I have to have it. I must have spent like five bucks and quarters and like a half hour of my life that I'll never get back trying to get this damn action figure out of this claw machine. And at some point this like, sorry to judge people, but I was 14 and I judged this guy as a creepy guy. He was like wearing a trench coat, 
had a neck beard, had a fedora, you know, I was just aware that he was standing there watching me. Also, I was like 13, 14, and he's a grown man who's been watching me for like five minutes. I'm a woman, I'm allowed to be afraid if that's what I need to do to protect myself. Don't judge. So, he comes up and he's like, you're trying to get that that Gene Simmons figure? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I've got a, I've got a ton of those out in my trunk. And I'm just, like, kind of really sketched out at this point because there's this guy that I don't know who's been watching me who's, like, a full-on grown man. He must have been in, like, his 30s. And he's telling me, like, he's got stuff out in his car trunk and, like, everything my parents have told me about, like, people trying to, like, lure you, like, looking for puppies and free candy. You know, like, all those, like, thoughts are flashing through my mind. And my family comes around because I must have, like, paid the bill right about this time. And they come around the corner and see this guy like, trying to lure me to his car, it looks like, and they're like, what the hell's going on here, and we kind of, like, go, all go out to the parking lot, and I explain what's going on, he explained what's going on, and my dad walks over to his trunk with him, and he opens it up, and it's absolutely packed full of Kiss action figures, like, the same one from this claw machine of all different types, and he pulls out this one that was a little bust of Peter Chris Catman, and gives it to me, and I don't know, it was just this thing where I'm like, thank you, kind sir. Like, that entire thing should have been so creepy and weird. And I'm sorry that I judged him, because he was a really nice guy at the end of the day. He didn't have to do that. But also, why are you driving around with a trunk full of Kiss action figures? Like, I have so many questions to this day about that entire story. Alright, my third story is one that happened to me when I was probably, like, a sophomore or junior in high school. So, probably, 2010, 2011, I was downtown on the boardwalk with my friend Jesse, and we were just, like, messing around and, like, taking stupid pictures of each other for Facebook, you know, because it was, like, a new thing that, like, we were a part of and wanted to be all cool. Um, so we're just kind of chilling, and this guy comes up to us, and he's, like, really weird, and, like, I just kind of have this, like, feeling that he's either, like, on drugs or, like, you know, just, like, something's going on mental health-wise, and he's, like, got this weird, creepy smile on his face. He came up and he said something to me. I don't remember what it was, but I was just like, haha, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna laugh, but please don't kill me, like, one of those things. And we just kind of, like, you know, quickly moved on, walked out of there, moved down. We're, like, halfway down the boardwalk taking pictures and stuff like that. And one of us, like, spotted him, and we were like, oh, hey, like, there's that guy again that's kind of weird, but, you know, it's the boardwalk. Lots of people walk it uh and we didn't really think too much about it so we finally get all the way down to where the tower like overlook is which is like one of my favorite places in olympia and i was taking a picture of her or checking my phone something where i was kind of distracted and i just remember feeling like there was someone standing like super close to me so i turn around and dude is standing so close behind me that like I almost bump into him when I turn around like dude is like up in my grill smiling at me with the creepiest like it I don't even know how to describe it like it was a look where I was like nothing good is gonna come from this like it, it like seriously triggered like survival bells in my mind and I like I think I screamed and like might have like tried to smack him or hit him with my bag or something but I know I definitely like screamed and like just took off and we just booked it out of there and I just remember like that really like 
Oh, that was so creepy because it was like midday too. It was like probably like 3 or 4 p.m. Because it was definitely after high school had gotten out. Oh, and it was just creepy. Like the balls on that guy to just follow us down the entire boardwalk. And then to get like, I don't even, what was he planning on doing? That's my thing because it's not like he said anything to me. He was just sneaking up behind me all creepy and silent like. And I'm like, oh, all right. Now that I'm creeped out, let's get into some questions and answers. Alright, Q&A time. So, my really good friend Ian asked, If you were a cryptid, what one would you be? And this was a tricky question. I had to think about it for like an hour. I kept going in between two. Um, Fresno Nightcrawler is the one that I decided on. Just a walking, spooky pair of pants. Just making my way downtown. I just, that's the one that I decided on. I would definitely be a Fresno Nightcrawler. I mean, I was for a while. I was like, maybe Jersey Devil, but I think that's just because that one's like a horse and I'm a horse girl, so, or a part horse. You know, horse demon. I'm with it. Someone else asked me, have you had any more personal ghost experiences? The answer to that is like, yes and no. Nothing as scary or dramatic as what I've had happen. I've gone back to my friend's haunted house a few times since then, and nothing's really stuck out to me as being weird or different. But the other day, I did kind of have a couple weird things happen to me. It was a couple weekends ago. I was at my place and I was alone. I was on my bed with my cat Skittles, and I heard this weird noise, kind of like a weird knocking, like sets of knocking coming from the other room. And sometimes my cats will do this thing where they try to get into the cupboards, but, like, they keep dropping the door so it can make some weird sounds because it will, like, bounce and be like, doing, doing, you know. Um, so I was like, oh, it's probably just Otter, my other cat, doing something weird in the house or playing with something. And so Skittles wanted to go outside onto our little catio thing, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just, like, take you out there. And I opened the door to put him out there, and Otter was already outside. So I have no idea what was making that creepy knocking sound. I don't know if it was a ghost, but it was definitely enough for me to be like, oh, okay, that was a little weird. I'll make a mental note of that. And then I've been having this weird knocking sound on one of my windows, and it's really freaking me out because my one of my curtains fell down and I can't get the rod back on. Like, I'm probably going to do it later tonight, especially because I said that, and I don't want like anyone creepy to listen to this and then hear that and come and peep on me. But, like... It's coming from that window that I don't have a curtain on right now, and it's really, really freaking me out. But I think it might just be the leaves falling off the tree hitting my window. That's what I'm going with. Because as we know from my past episodes like this, I am terrified of the thought of someone creeping on me. But yeah, long story short, no, nothing that I would really consider another paranormal experience. Alright, how did I get interested in true crime or cryptids? This is kind of a long answer. So as a kid, I was really into Bigfoot, and I totally thought he was real. I watched, like, a bunch of National Geographic shows on it. Two really important books that I read as a kid were Sasquatch by Roland Smith and Locke by Paul Zindel, which are about, you know, Bigfoot and D.B. Cooper in one, and then the Loch Ness Monster in another one. And it was, like, a really good introduction to, like, cryptids and horror for, like, a kid, because honestly, when I was like a younger, younger kid, I was really, really afraid of Halloween. And my mom used to love decorating for it, but I was such a little like 
Snowflake as a kid that I got really scared by a guy. I, I went to up to, like, get candy from a bowl, and he was sitting there wearing a mask, and he, like, got up and, like, chased me when I went to get the candy, and, like, something in my brain, like, switched, and I was like, fuck this holiday. That's terrifying. I don't fuck with that. <coughs> At all. Um... But then I just sort of kind of started getting into it because my mom would watch, like, a lot of, like, mystery shows. She was always watching, like, Murder, She Wrote, and, like, she read Anne Rule books, and she would watch, like, Dr. G Medical Examiner and, like, always made me leave the room because she knew that I hated gore. But, um, in middle school, I would- I started- yeah, she let me read the book If I Did It, the O.J. Simpson book. That was the first true crime book I read, and then from there I started reading Anne Rule- and then, as you guys know, my mom passed away when I was in high school. <coughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. My cough is really acting up right now. So I used it as kind of like a shield to keep people away from me. As like a, uh, I'm not like other girls. I know everything about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, isn't that weird? Stay away from me. It was totally one of those things. I'd like skip class and go to the library and write, like, fake reports about serial killers so it looked like I was doing something so I could hang out with my friends instead of going to class and doing my work, which is so dumb because at the end of the day I was still, like, learning. You know what I mean? Like, I was still, like, writing an entire report. Most people, when they skip class, they, like, I don't know, went home and played video games. I'm freaking in the library typing something about Richard Ramirez. But it's been really cool to see it kind of transform from that that I used to like as like a distancer from people into something that I've like found a sense of community and some friends from <coughs> wow what a beautifully cheesy note to wrap up this episode on uh I'll see you guys real soon with a full length normal episode I'm pretty excited to get that one out to you guys and have fun and safe <coughs> fall festivities until next time friends